Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's your breath in our lungs, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Gary Lineker is back. Unlike Liverpool, it's Monday, 13th of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm David College. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm the Dushan Hunteraja. Welcome, everybody. Oh, what a magnificent Monday we're all having right now. Cool. Did anybody manage to see much of the football on the weekend? <laughs> well, you know what? I saw more of the football than I thought, actually. They showed all the goals. Really? No commentators. None of this game of two halves. Replays made it easy for yeah. penalty calls to be understood. None of this kind of woke analysis that you get. Is this you throwing, you're throwing your hat in to become MP for Blackpool? <laughs> 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 uh, and I got to the pub for last orders there we like are. a normal person like a normal person well, just everybody. enjoying the footy 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 there are some people thinking what on earth's going on we'll get to that everybody but before we do um, we are going to uh, keep our highlights uh, section uh, of course highlights of the weekend unlike uh, some other people it will be traditional uh, Jim what was your highlights of the weekend well as you know Marcus I went to watch Fulham v Arsenal I do know, because you were sat next to me. Indeed. And as we were leaving the ground, um, a a delightful young man turned around to us with with his hat on and went, I'm listening to you now. Mm. And it it was, yeah, it was was just lovely. It was a lovely moment. So, hello, mate. (laughs) Great to meet you. That was a very sweet, weird little moment for all of us, wasn't it? Yeah. Why did you flick him the Vs when he walked off? I did not do that, you (laughs) fiend. I thought you were going to say, I'm listening to you right now. I was like, oh, cheers. Can you shut the fuck up? Trying to do something nice. Yeah, I prefer it when I've got a pause button with you two. <laughs> uh, lovely, David. Your highlight of the weekend. Um, this newfangled mad version of Nick Pope. Yeah, he just keeps do- he just keeps having these weird brain freezes. So first what? half of the season, yep. very quiet, uh-huh. underrated, part of that under the radar, brilliant Newcastle defence, and then suddenly for the past mm. month or so. He's had a few these mad, mad moments. I want to get involved. In area. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, he's clearly bored. He's like, all oh, right, well, the defence has been too good this season. I've not really had much mm-hmm. to do. And yeah, once again, he came rushing out of his area, clattered into someone, mm-hmm. um, and he got away with it this time. He did. So yeah, so, yeah he mm. needs to calm it down. Well, Casemiro we, we... as well. Maybe they're sleeper agents. <laughs> Every now and then, <laughs> yeah. someone just goes, do something nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about uh, Nick Pope further in a short while. But yeah, definitely the highlight of... Uh, you, 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 uh, was it a low light for you? Because I mean, being a Sunderland fan, presumably you were annoyed. You know? Well, come, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. Uh, Vish, your highlight of the weekend. My highlight of the weekend was ten minutes into BT Score, hosted mm. by the ridiculous Jules Breach. Um, <laughs> there was a, a genuinely lovely moment, devoid of any pretense, and it was when Ravi Savage saw 10 minutes in that his son had scored against Green Rovers. It's Charlie Savage's first goal in professional football. Mm. And for a bloke who, you know, he's not many people like because of his, his carry-on, it was quite a very sweet, sincere moment. And it kind of it cut through all the, all the yeah. bullshit you get with um, pundits having to play characters and stuff like that. I mean, they got battered 3-1 in the end yes. by Bristol Rovers, yeah, but right. um, a lovely moment nonetheless. Yeah, well, Duncan Ferguson can get a tune out of everybody. He just, he just squeezes as hard as possible <laughs> and then eventually something will happen. Uh, my highlight of the weekend... Well, I, do you know what? I, I, I'll i start with one that was nearly my highlight was when uh, David Raya nearly got to the end 
or ver- was it a corner when he when he when he for 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 Brentford when he went up for the header? Because my highlight the other week was when Melier had an effort on target, mm. and I thought I'm all for this goalkeepers winning headers in the box. So he, he should have done better, but as he didn't, he even sort of quite tamely wide. I thought, well, I can't have that. So mine would be in the Tottenham game against um, Nottingham Forest. Spurs won, of course, cementing that fourth spot. Uh, <laughs> Richarlison, playing like a man possessed. Obviously very angry midweek. He said that this season has been shit, to quote him. He was angry with Conte. He was angry with everybody. And he just he just was busy. And he smashes one in, in the first five minutes or whatever it was. And then does, it, does this sort of shush kind of sign puts his finger to his lips presumably shushing Antonio Conte the man who started him maybe yeah. yeah. and then of course it was ruled out for <laughs> offside with VAR poor Richie the um, great thing about that I think is at the end of the game Conte bigged up Richarlison mm. and I think it was something about the fact that he recognised the kindred shithouse didn't yeah he? maybe yeah yeah someone who is a bit uh, you know loose maybe yes. this is 4D chess maybe it will eventually get the best out of him yeah probably at another club <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, there was a, there was an element of like, you know what? I would have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. on you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so so a good win for Spurs, nonetheless. Right, everybody. Before we get to um, uh, what happened on the south coast in the Premier League, um, our beloved match of the day, uh, of course, an absolute institution of a television program in this country, uh, has been around since 1964 and shows the highlights every Saturday night for those uh, who are not in the UK. But I'm sure many people outside the UK will have heard us talk about it and are aware of it. Um, but it's yeah, its coverage was very different on Saturday and Sunday. This was because Gary Lineker stepped back, of course, from presenting the show over a BBC investigation into his social media usage. And in a tweet, Gary Lineker compared the language used surrounding the government's new policies for asylum seekers uh, to that used in 1930s Germany. And the BBC ruled that uh, this breached their impartiality guidelines. Now, of course, everybody in this country will be very well aware of, of all this kind of stuff. But just uh, in case anybody wasn't aware or they were unsure or they've been under a rock or abroad, uh, that's been the, the situation. So very, very strange. And then, of course, the other pundits, Ian Wright and Alan Shearer, announced they would boycott Match of the Day on, on the weekend. Uh, and everybody pulled out. Nobody wanted to break the picket line uh, wisely. So um, it meant the BBC broadcast a 20-minute version of the programme with no theme tune, commentary, interviews or punditry. It was like watching a sort of an extended YouTube highlight or so. It was, it, it, with the world feed, it was very, very strange Without indeed. the uh, crazy electro music. Yeah. 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 I love that they didn't use the theme tune. I love it. Like, no, we're not going to besmirch the theme tune in the scab match of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it was, it. It, was it wasn't even called match of the day, was it? It was Premier League highlights. Yeah, right. Um, so to not have it was was very, very strange indeed. I mean, it would be a bit like saying there's going to be no news bulletin today or something, you know, in in, in a footballing sort of way. Uh, the BBC announced this morning, though, that Gary Lineker will be returning to air and there will be a review of their social media guidelines. There was an apology uh, to, to Gary Lineker as well. So here we are, gentlemen. Vish, what did you make of it all? Um, kind of not really the point, but the fact that it was a 20-minute version was like, you know, sometimes when you see those ball-in-play stats in a football match, you know, yeah. it's only in play for 40 minutes. <laughs> only 20 minutes of football match of the day. Um, I thought it was uh, incredible that after the last couple of years, well, the last three years, really, this government still doesn't understand that you can't take on football mm. At its own game, essentially, you can't go to football and, and try and challenge it in in a way that mm-hmm. is just far beyond your comprehension. And I think it highlights the fact that with all this, with all the stuff about how the game has lost an element of its soul, um, there is so much good anchoring it. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking specifically in this country where there is obviously a lot of bad in the game as well. Um, and it was encouraging to see, it. and it's. It's kind of a little bit irritating, but you mm-hmm. because you only see it when it's being tested. But I suppose when the game is being tested, when anyone's values are being tested, is when you need to see it most. And I can't really complain about that, to be honest. It was remarkable to see the one just before I like pass this on. I think the one important thing, and it's something my dad mentioned when I chatted to him about this over the weekend. And the reason I bring my dad into it is my dad came from a country of great civil war, where um, the Sri Lankan civil war only ended in two thousand and nine, and there was and never, it ended brutally. Like, it ended, yeah, it was, it ended brutally, oh and, and, and even even the end of it is still up for debate in some people's eyes because it, of the. It shouldn't have been ended like that. If you yeah, see what I mean? Because of the yeah. coverage of it. Yeah. And my dad made a made a very good point. Is his main fear was that this isn't this shouldn't be framed as something against the BBC. This mm-hmm. is to do with the BBC's 
management because at the, at the time where the rhetoric is going a certain way in this country, mm-hmm. it's never been more important to have a national broadcaster who mm-hmm. what ha- has to hold you know you know ho- hold truth to power yep. really. Um, and I think it's important to to square that in all this. But ultimately, it's just comical seeing how this panned out because not only have they had to you know, row back on their original decision, mm. but they've had to give <laughs> give Lineker even more rope now. It's yeah. amazing. It, it's crazy. Yeah. Officially, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can, the BBC are terrified of the government. It's very, very obvious. Mm. Um, the, the this bill current that, government. The, this current government. The, the bill that Gary Lineker was talking about has been very, very controversial for, for, for good reason. There's plenty of reading you can do around that. And this debate has become about BBC impartiality guidelines. And that has now blown up so spectacularly mm. that, that just everybody looks bad, really, mm. and it's it's fascinating to see how that's played out. And as Vish said, the the way that football, or certainly the people involved with Match of the Day, some players as well, indicating that they wouldn't speak to the BBC, mm-hmm. has been really really impressive. Football is so vulnerable to populism in theory, and it it won't be used like that. So often well, we see yeah. it will. It's, so often we see examples mm. where it it refuses to to you know stop taking the knee mm-hmm. or to, 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 to get involved in a situation like this. And it's, it's, it's kind of encouraging. Mm. Uh, author Andrew Hunter-Murray said on Twitter, which I quite enjoyed, if I was worried about people comparing me to uh, 1930s Germany, my next move probably wouldn't be to shut down all criticism on the National Broadcast <laughs> Service. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we sort of, yeah, don't want to kind of go off too much of an, on a tangent here, but this affected... Our ability. I mean, we've already have the blackout. You know, we already can't watch a lot of football. This this affected football fans across this land, which is why you know we we, we want to talk about. It. I mean, David, what what did you make of it all? Yeah, I think like like both guys have pointed out. I think the most important thing was the solidarity across the board. I think that was really good to see. Um, and look, also, <laughs> Lineker should be able to say whatever he wants. Mm. Um, whoever it may be should be able to say whatever they want. But when and what I did like about it as well, I think this is the most important part. Lineker didn't back down either, mm. so I think he could have easily done that. Remember a clip of him on the news when he was getting in his car, and they were like, "Oh, you're going to bring down the tweet? Do you regret what you tweeted and everything like that?" And Lineker was like, "No, mm. I'm just going in the car." So the fact that he stuck by it as well mm-hmm. makes it even more stronger and more pronounced. Yeah. And I think that's what you have to do because it's so so easy to delete and put out a little copy and paste apology mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. your notes app, but he didn't. He stuck by it. And I think that's what's important. Well, Lineker will be back soon uh, on on the BBC. Um, gentlemen, I'm, I'm looking forward to the quips. Yeah, you know, which there will be. I'm predicting some sort of good play will be compared to 1990s Germany. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. He's not going to listen, is he? So it's I'm fine. We should save it. We Just should do it our, out there. Well, we like, should do our own like alternative GB News. match of the day. Yeah, like GB News did. No, we're, we're not, not going near GBBs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I, so let's talk about Bournemouth one at Liverpool. Now, I'd like to start uh, with a man who um, certainly could never be uh, restricted in what he says or tweets. Uh, Liam Gallagher tweeted, guess who's not back? Hashtag LFC. <laughs> it's not even a good tweet, is it? It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. As long as there's no punctuation and you, you understand what he means yes. and it's violently, aggressively snippy, <laughs> yes, please. I mean, let's, let's be honest, like often uh, massive uh, you know, pop stars and celebrities, you can tell that their tweets are curated by somebody else. Liam Gallagher, with every letter, not even word letter, (laughs) he proves that he's very much in control of his Twitter feed. Marcus, are you still clop out? Um, Come on. Look, I'm glad you asked me that, Jim, because obviously after the Real Madrid game, you know, I I was suggesting that it it was quite sad to see and I wanted Klopp to be able to turn around the situation. My question was and still is, can he do that? And is this Liverpool team, you know, cooked? They, they are the, the injuries, the, 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 you know, gone. I've bored of hearing myself say about how, you know, last season, nearly the perfect season to, to then pick yourself up again. It's, it's very, very difficult. And what this side have done, or a lot of this side and Klopp have done, has been utterly phenomenal. You, you can't stress that enough. And so my question is, well, can he turn it around? I, I don't know. If, if it carried on like this into next season, then it would be a situation where do you keep him? I think he's got loads of capital in the bank, of course. But come the summer, will there be a, could there be a difficult conversation? I think he, you know, if he wants to stay, he will stay. Uh, and this kind of stuff. And then, of course, when Liverpool 
one seven nil. A lot of people said, "Oh, you've been critical of Liverpool," and and da 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 da. Um, I didn't get any tweets from those people uh, <laughs> this weekend, incidentally. So uh, I don't know whether they've been was, silenced or not. It was a complete freak result. Seriously, yeah. the, the beat, but was the, it a freak? Yes, result? they beat a team that had eleven games in thirty one days. They were mm. clearly Man United were clearly absolutely knackered. And that oh, that was it. I thought you meant Bournemouth. Well, not this. Oh no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, so no, they they weren't back. It was just a freak result. Right. Honestly. Yeah. There you are, David. Come, I, come I did, sit I, next to me. I, I, I didn't say it. He said it, innit? So yeah. Yeah. I agree with him, yeah. but I didn't say it. And will the history books have that in brackets? <laughs> 7 0. Freak result. Don't, no, nothing to see here. The, the, but look, with Bournemouth. The thing that's got to be, the thing, it, it's funny. I was a little bit annoyed by this result because I, I was almost. Bournemouth like, are now better than Man United. Well, that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> Remember that period where the US were world champions because they beat Spain? Oh, what a period it was. <laughs> uh, so. I was a bit annoyed because I was like, you can't go and pump Manchester United mm. like that. Like you a, can. <laughs> but and then and then disrespect the club then, like Man and United. Then, and then do this because not only do you, not only do you in turn accidentally shit on again the club I support, but you <laughs> but you, but you basically do down any kind of sense of goodwill there because you're not only are you losing to a team. At the bottom, mm. but the way they lost to oh, them as well. well yeah. Gary O'Neill said, after I didn't the, understand. Gary O'Neill says after the game, well, I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't score more. Yeah. Yeah, That's where we are yeah. with this. Well, we were talking last week um, after the Arsenal Bournemouth game about how actually this, this is the point in the season where fixtures are at their hardest mm. because everyone's fighting for something, particularly down the bottom. Those teams are suddenly, you'd rather play a team in mid table than a team down the bottom from about now. Yeah. And I think that, that is just this inaction. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, was it revenge for the 9 0 in a way? I, I suppose it was. They've both taken three points off each other, yeah. Jim. But, I don't know if Gary O'Neill is a vengeful man, but if he is, he's got me. what he wants. He doesn't strike me as that, but it is a huge win for Bournemouth and they deserved it. And old Philip Billing has chipped in with a, with a few goals. He was brilliant. Old Phil Bill. Um, he, he loves it um, and Bournemouth now 24 points the same as West Ham and Leicester one point behind uh, Everton I mean the, the bottom of the table is it, it's extraordinary reading um, obviously we've got a we've got a title race on our hands we'll come to that the, the battle for fourth well New <laughs> Liverpool are not playing their part there I think is that the thing that concerns everybody that Tottenham will represent the Premier League and England in <laughs> the Champions League next season I don't know but they've got a good win so we shouldn't be too well, I mean this is massive for Spurs and Newcastle isn't it because we're is. all thinking okay this is where Liverpool do yeah. their thing and they motor up the table but actually well that's right I, but, I feel less certain about that now but, but down the bottom though that is the, that is bad news for the rest of the teams down there because they probably thought right Bournemouth are playing Liverpool after that 7-0 great okay Okay, right. What 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 can we do ourselves? But Bournemouth are there. You know, they, they're only um, out of the. They're only in the relegation zone because of, of goal difference, and it's so tight. I mean, it's it's Palace down now. That's that's where it is. But Bournemouth, that kind of win, it gives you confidence. It gives you a fighting chance. And the fact is, David, Bournemouth could have won the game by more. They created a lot of chances. Absolutely. and They look great. Yeah, I, th- I thought man of the match. And, was... and also, only just got beat by Arsenal. I should say. You know, yeah. a great performance at the Emirates. So there's a little bit of a momentum to pick themselves up from that and beat Liverpool. The confidence is now back. Yeah. Absolutely. I thought Uatara, for me, who was man of the match, along with Billing, mm-hmm. should have scored a few more. They, they really did just keep getting inside Liverpool. Once again, Liverpool trying to recapture that old press and then getting completely mm. done on it every single time because the players haven't got the recovery pace as they they, they once had. Yeah. Um, 162 combined injuries this season for Liverpool. It's the most wow. out of any uh, any Premier League 160, squad. 162 combined, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's absolutely insane. Um, by far and away the worst in the Premier League and it's just so notable in the way and this is why you have to question Klopp as well because mm-hmm. he's still want them to go with a certain approach and they clearly can't execute what he wants to do anymore and, and Bournemouth really really um, took apart took them apart here when, yeah. when they when they wanted to and it could have been yeah a lot more but, but Bournemouth are excellent but do you not think though with that, that Liverpool win against Manchester United Klopp has tried to kind of change the style a bit he's, he, he is more aware than anybody is mm-hmm. about the situation there about the players the injuries um, you know, Van Dijk is a shadow of the, the the player he was. Partly to do with injuries, partly to do with the sort of contact situation. Um, so you've got the injuries, you've got uh, the fatigue, you've got the aging, all that kind of stuff. He has tried to sort of change the style a little bit, and they are sixth. Do you know what I mean? It's not like battling relegation. It would never be with with that squad, of course, and that manager. But I think it's been it's been very very difficult for Liverpool. And I think my point, sorry, was going to be that off the back of the seven nil against Manchester United, where it did seem like a bit more the old Liverpool to quote, quote Klopp again. You know, it felt like a day of last season. It's kind of like, well, let's try and do that again. 
was there? A, do you think there was a temptation for that? And actually, no. That this season certainly that's just not on the table. Yeah, I think there is a temptation. I think this is the problem with Liverpool. They're very much resting on the laurels of when they w- were once good. So in, in terms of style, but also the players as well, there isn't much competition for mm-hmm. for places there. He's got a lot of favourites. A few people are just constantly in the team as well. And it's interesting as well. After the game, Trent Alexander-Arnold said mm. Bournemouth wanted it more. Yeah. I mean, imagine that. I mean, he he told everyone, oh, Bournemouth wanted it. Well, that's just not good enough for yeah. a team like Liverpool, especially after that win what they had against Manning United. No, and he also said they, they um, you know, it's unacceptable. We need to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. How many times, Jim, have we heard mm. that from players this season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it... it, it they're just transitioning aren't they at the moment like Mm. the forward line still looks really really good there's so much like attacking quality to choose from there Mm. but it's just the team are um, not up to that standard everywhere else so Mm. it just becomes really disjointed really quickly and then when you get Mo Salah with his penalty miss you know such a reliable player has been been one of the best players in world football for for a fair few years now. <laughs> that was. It's not like oh the keeper saved or it came over the post. Fish. That was a shocking penalty. I know we can all have our moments, but blow me. It was so wide that even from our angle on TV, you could tell it was going wide. Yeah, we only was... got one replay, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you haven't worked out how the penalty system works on FIFA. Yeah, when you just get it. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It, it is a bit like that. He yeah. was. It was. Yeah. So 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 strange. And the way the reaction to the penalty miss mm. was in terms of the minutes that followed, there was no sense of like, yeah. a, a bit more urgency. Trying to, to, atone, try and... trying to atone for the yeah, error. Yeah, there was I a bit like, oh, this is just one of those days. And it's like, you know, you, you know, you, yeah. you're yeah. a big team, you, you were fighting for, five, for four trophies last year. You don't have one of these days. Yeah. You don't, you shouldn't be yeah. resigned to well, one of these days. And they, they really, you know, it would be huge if they could finish fourth. But you just want, you look around and you think, you know, do they have the fight for that? You know, because as I say, from, from, and we're, the, we're making the observations because of the performances of us, but also because of what's coming out of the mouths of the manager and the players. Yeah. You know, your hands are tied. You know, you want to try and say, well, no, they are fighting. They are this, that, and the other. They're not by their own admission. You know, this is, this is desperately strange. And I know last week, we were talking about a great performance and so on, and it sounds like, oh well, hang on, you're changing your tune or you're you're flipping around. Well, that, you we're only reacting to what what is going on. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's a I'm surprised that actually this result came after the Man United result for obvious reasons. But I think you see this a lot with when a sort of a you know a big club gets into a situation where they they're not having the kind of season you'd expect. Everything looks difficult. Mm. Everything mm. looks like it's Most about to thing. go wrong yeah. even before it actually has, yeah. and then that sort of sense of um, dread almost like you, yeah. you see it translate to the players mm. and by the way chaps before we move on um, talking of uh, Liverpool if you will ex-Liverpool man Steven Gerrard has reportedly flown to Istanbul to hold talks about becoming the next on Spore manager that's an interesting one isn't it yeah. because what that says to me is that jobs for the boys might be over in the Premier League Right. I think in previous generations, even after things not quite working out at Villa, Gerard might get another crack at a Premier League job a little while afterwards. But it could but be you, his you decision. Get, oh, absolutely, it could be his decision. So I think he's got some very fond memories of Istanbul. You'd back him to re- like come back in any game, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you? True, true. You would certainly would. But, I don't know. I, I think that Gerard. I would have thought that's maybe more his decision. But you're. I mean, who? We, we, oh, I mean, the, the two things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive, are they? I, th- I think it's a, it's much harder to get a job in the Premier League. Yeah, but I think I think for him, you know, having not done it at Villa and been sacked, I think to go away from the league as he did mm. initially, your reputation could be rebuilt in in Turkey. Yeah, and this, this is not an observation on Gerard or or Lampard really, but it, that just I don't know. It, Why are you mentioning Lampard? Be, because he's, he's, just, he's also saying when he's going from isn't a job he? in the Premier. <laughs> he's staying in the UK. <laughs> I'll stay in the UK, you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you come back and I'll go. Why are you stood next to Nicky Butt? <laughs> why is Paul Skulls in the sea? Oh, dear. Oh, why dear. is he just hanging out in Norfolk, Paul oh. Skulls? Well, let's go to Nicky Butt's old club, Newcastle United. Ooh. They beat Wolves 2 1. They get their first league win since mid January to leapfrog Liverpool and bring them back into the race for the top four, eh? Um, yes, you mentioned it earlier, David, old Nicky Pope. Mm. Uh, lucky boy, it seemed to be. I mean, with VAR and so on, could you believe that it, that, that decision wasn't given? I mean, Eddie Howe said, I felt Jimenez was, his, was on his way down before contact was made. You might say I'm biased, but that's my Newcastle perspective. <laughs> <laughs> He is very such, nice. such a company man, isn't he? Yeah. As we know, of course. Um, but I mean, <laughs> you, you, presumably, you thought it was a red card. 
Yeah, I thought so as well. But yeah. I mean, that I mean, seemed to be the general feel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to go against your point, I don't trust Vardo. So, do you know what I mean? It was no surprise to me because, mm. I mean, it's one of the most consistently shit things there is at the moment. <laughs> you so. say you don't trust it. Like, the images no. are faulty, or do you think you just. Well, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's, it's usage. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's yeah. actual execution of it is, is, is garbage. I mean, why, why wasn't it used then? Yeah. You know, it just there's a lot of things that happens with it. Mm. I mean, I don't want to get go down the VAR hole because Jesus Christ, it's so boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't get executed properly, so you're going to consistently have these these errors. Just yeah. do away with it. Yeah. Is, anyway. is VAR hole like a K hole? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. take your word for it. Um, but, but <laughs> pretending you don't know what I'm talking about. I, 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 did you say cake hole? I'm very, I'm very afraid with that. Oh my oh, god! Full of victorious. Any, any excuse to bring a victorious sponge? E- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and channeling the spirit of um, Chris Morris then. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, it wasn't the worst goalkeeping error of the weekend. That Nick Pope one, of course. Even though he got away with it uh, in League Two, did you see Bradford goalkeeper Harry Lewis uh, caught the ball outside of his area because he got. Uh, Slightly confused with the markings of the rugby pitch, um, and which are so he, blue. Yeah, well, I, I had an element of sympathy for him, but basically, the the, the twenty-two line, um, which is you know four yards beyond his box, he really should have a bit more perspective. He's yeah. a professional yeah. footballer. Yeah. Well, a bit confused, isn't it? Because he 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 caught it about kicked, three yards out of his box. Yeah, and then then kicked it to touch, and then, <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then drank piss out of someone else's shoe. <laughs> Like a gentleman, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, he, and you know what? He, you know what he didn't do that. Like, he didn't talk to the referee, did he? He didn't talk to the referee. The captain does that. Yeah. He respected that, um, but he was the, given the donkey of the game and had to do a yard of ale. <laughs> yeah, uh, he did. Yeah. Uh, but it was mildly amusing. But back to the Newcastle yep. game. Uh, Isaac scored. Yeah, uh, lovely header from a Kieran Trippier delivery. Yeah, I love watching Kieran Trippier play football. Yeah, he's, Such he's a, delightful a magnificent player. player to watch, isn't he? Yeah. And um, Pete was saying, and he's proving everybody wrong who said he shouldn't go to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is he? Is he? Is he <laughs> Pete was saying the other week he doesn't think that Alexander Isak is going to be prolific, and I think he hasn't been there for that long, so we we don't know whether I that's understood going to be true Pete's. Or not. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I watched him regularly in Spain, and he, he never came across as a prolific player. But mm-hmm. he, I think he's going to be a very very good striker, very complete forward in terms of what he does. Do you think he play down the middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he can be a number nine for them, but also he can play different roles. So I don't think he's ever going to be you know a twenty-five, thirty goal a season man. I don't more, think, f- more Firmino than Fowler. To yeah, use I, don't, I don't think I don't think Newcastle bought him for that as well. I think mm. that you know they want somebody to contribute with the with the midfield as well and bring others into play. Yeah, he, he's not quite um, a Firmino type though, is he? He's no, some, but he's he, more someone who who um, can dovetail with the you know with the people out wide essentially because a lot of the a lot of the joy he got yesterday in open play was from the left mm-hmm. and say maximum kind of like either dovetailing with him or, or mm-hmm. using that vacant space in the middle yeah and I think it, it, fluid the, sort of dynamic front yeah because he and switched his got, front three the, yeah the and I think that's a better front three because he's more mobile than Callum Wilson he offers a bit more to everyone else than mm-hmm. Callum Wilson and you still have the option of I think Isaac could play with Callum Wilson in that front three mm-hmm. all told um, but if you've got that midfield as well, then he just gives you something a bit extra. Well, because Gimenez think... loves joining them, but he yeah. can stretch the play. So Gimenez has got more to work with. Well, I did think to myself after you know when Howe made that change and it's a different front three. You think there's a bit of strength and depth in there. There's, there's, they've got options in Newcastle because if you look, they don't have the star names of some other sides. If they can get into the Champions League, those star names will start to appear. They'll, yeah. they'll have to buy a few more players. Then I think. Mm. I think the squad can honestly. I, I, I think the squad can look really thin at times. And there's a couple of players in there. I'm not not too sure. I, I would mm. I would trust in a long season in four competitions. Saint Maximum, I think, is really impressive. But again, consistency mm. and Wilson as well just always seems to be brought yeah. down by injuries as yeah. well. Yeah. So. And this is funny though, isn't it? Because those are some of those players that you, some of those names are, are names which you would have put forward as their their best players fairly recently but mm. the the kind of ruthlessness needed to upgrade your squad to get to a point where you're going to challenge all fr- on all fronts is, is quite spectacular indeed it, indeed it is uh, but another poor result for Wolves and they are in the relegation scrap I don't think they'll go down they, I mean but they're 13th they're only five points off um, the, uh, the, the the bottom of the league for crying out loud um, but we'll talk more about the relegation scrap in the second half everybody now let's have a break <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You better get your finger out alright and make sure that you get the fucking results. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Right, it's now time for a bonus edition of Betfair's Popular Bet Builder. Select the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's handy app and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. Normally, we build our own Ramble Popular Bet Builder on the Friday preview show for a particular game happening each weekend. But today, seeing as the Champions League is back... We thought we'd have another crack at winning some money for charity. Our chosen game is Liverpool versus Real Madrid on Wednesday night. David, why don't you start us off? My man, Karim Benzema, last goal scorer. Last, last goal, goal scorer. scorer. I like that. Ooh. Like that. Good one. You, you seem shocked. I mean, he, he he probably will score. I know. It's just the last goal. Yeah, but he does that, doesn't he? Benzema seldom gets his work oh, he's done. He's a stat early. padder. You were saying, yeah. He, he always, when the, when the game's already won, he goes and gets his goals. Uh, just, he's a bully is yeah, what you're saying. like you are to me now <laughs> um, uh, Jim what have you gone for I'm going to go for both teams to score I can't mm. wait for this game I think it's going to be an absolute ding dong yes uh, Vish what do you reckon I reckon for the very same reason that I'm going to go for over three and a half goals um, I think you know Real Madrid are going to come out on top, but Liverpool are going to give it a right hot go. Yes, okay, <laughs> a right hot go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for Real Madrid to win. Quite simply, because I agree with what you're saying. I think Real Madrid will win. Um, Liverpool need goals. They've not been great at the back. They're going to have to leave themselves a little bit open at the back. If they want those goals, Real Madrid will win. So we've got Karen Benzema as last goal scorer. Both teams to score over three and a half goals, and Real Madrid. To win a £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £118.55. pence, And if we win all that money, we'll go to Prostate Cancer UK. We'll be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder later this week. Exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply. You've got to be over 18 to get involved. For more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Back to the Premier League, gentlemen. Fulham zero, Arsenal three. Jim, myself and Mick Jagger were at the game. Brian Cox was there as well. We think it was Brian Cox, not yeah. D. Ream, the older Scottish actor. Yes, succession Brian Cox. Did... I, I have it on authority that his son is an Arsenal fan, so that, that may... <sighs> on authority? Um, uh-huh. Uh. Yeah, my mate said it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we see what um, Mick Jagger had written on his hat, by the way? Uh, no. You haven't seen this? Go he on. Had, he had Dilf. <laughs> Dilf. I'm not even kidding. Oh, he had wow. Dilf wow, on his hat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's technically a gilf, isn't he? I was about... yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might be, be a gilf yeah. at this point. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> it says a lot about how he sees himself. Yeah. He, maybe he doesn't know what it means. Also, this is the thing he about... He knows what it means. I'll wear it, don't worry. <laughs> That's Mick Jagger. I know, I know. Right. I was enjoying it. Sounds a little bit the like... silence was reverent. It sounded a little bit like Mandela. <laughs> no, there. it didn't. <laughs> Do you want Mandela? I, can... I do. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> was that an effort? Was that an attempt? Uh, let's move on swiftly. But yes, yeah, so we were there, Jim. It we was uh, it was an easy win for us. It Arsenal. was an easy win, wasn't it? Mm. I really enjoyed that about it. You less so. Um, yeah, it was, I, I genuinely mean... enjoyed watching Arsenal play like that. All yeah. joking aside, I haven't seen them in the flesh this season. I've been, I have been notified of their brilliance this season. <laughs> funnily enough, the league table does no lie. Um, but to see them in the flesh play like that. I, do, I remember just thinking, I can't be annoyed at all at Fulham. Arsenal were superb, absolutely superb. Like I, I said to David on the way in, I said, I, I don't want to over-egg this, but like, the, I think the last time I saw such a confident display of passing, such an effective 
display of buzz like that. For me personally, I'm not talking about on TV in the flesh, was was when we went over and saw Guardiola's Barcelona. Do you know what I mean? Now, clearly they're not that level, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying for me, at yeah. a game, just being like flipping neck, almost in, not quite, maybe awe might be too strong a word, but not far off it. Yeah. They were, they were that good. They've been really good at controlling games in the midfield in particular this season. Mm. And that there's been a couple of times lately where it's felt like things have been a bit nervier than they need to be. Uh, and this was a really, really good return to um, just getting stuff done professionally and quickly um, in terms of setting out your stall and making it a stress-free afternoon for, for those yeah, of us yeah, who yeah, are yeah, invested yeah. in that. But yeah, I think Giappolini is a huge miss though, isn't he? That has to go, that has to be mentioned because Fulham's record without him in mm-hmm. terms of not just points, but the, the goals they concede is is really different. And it was the midfield, wasn't it, where, where Arsenal won that game? Yeah, I mean, Palin is he's missing the game because he's got 10 yellow cards uh, this season. I mean, <laughs> he would have probably got two more yellow cards if he'd have started that game, you know, but but it was, he's a huge miss, but I don't think he would have made a huge difference. I think it would have still been a fairly easy Arsenal victory. But I mean, what did you think of, of Arsenal's performance, David? Because as I say, I've just somewhat, very, very uh, contextually compared them uh, or likened them to Guardiola's Barcelona. <laughs> but there's a lot of context to what I said there, so don't misquote me, you bastards. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think what they do impressively, and, and particularly this game, I noticed they did it, is how they create overloads in wide areas. Yes. Now, I think a lot of teams, they set up where they've got their winger out on their own, and I know Man United did it at the weekend with Anthony, and he was always just out on his own without mm. any support, so mm. he'd either have a choice of having to spread the ball to the other side yeah. or cross it in. Now what Arsenal do, they always get maybe two or three players just on the edge of the box and any of them to arch into the uh-huh. penalty area. Now Trossard had two left footed assists against Fulham yeah. but he was also appearing on the right as well. Yep. Yeah. So the, the the rotational player between the forwards yes. and, and, the midfield, and the midfielders is phenomenal it and is. that's a lot to deal with as a team to defend against when you've got so yeah. many numbers on the edge of that penalty area but also streaming into the penalty area and they were excellent at this and where's Arteta learned that the same. yeah where's Arteta learned that by the way Pen- from, from Ever- Guardiola of course he has <laughs> cool. honestly Rangers uh, no obviously from Guardiola but also when they do the overloads as you say and so on it is not to the detriment about what's going on in the middle of the pitch um, well they, you know you, still... but you know why that is yeah Go on. No, I want to hear if you know. <laughs> so so I think why that is, is because the guy who picks up the ball from his centre-backs, the guy who's always an option in the middle, is somehow their left-back. Yeah. Do you know Zinchenko what? Zinchenko is... It, yeah. I thought you were going to say Thomas Partey, then, who did a great game, the, the, but, but you're the right. Thing, the thing you'd say about a player, a player oh. like that is they're everywhere. Mm. And actually, Zinchenko isn't everywhere. He's just in the right place. You're right. And, yeah. and it was funny, actually, because when uh, you know Kieran Tierney came on, or we were talking about Tierney and this chat that maybe you know he, he might move on just to get... Because Playing he should time. be starting. Yeah, he's absolutely. a great fullback, but I mean, you can't... But he's argue. linked to Newcastle, isn't mm-hmm. he? So. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. enough. That's what we were talking about. So, yeah, And... Uh, and I went, yeah, and I suddenly thought, who's Arsenal's left back today? And I was like, oh no, it is Zinchenko. He's everywhere. Yeah. But, but you're right, the way he picks the ball up, and it is that classic thing that we've seen Guardiola sides do. Is they inverted fullback. Totally, yeah. 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 They're and very, very good at covering that space. Such another well, option when but if Zinchenko's he, elsewhere. Yeah. yeah and, but, but also, if you, <clears> with all due respect to Nathan Ackley, who's having a strong season. Zinchenko would be taking their team, taking Man City's team to a different level right now. Yeah. If you think of the issues that they have with Jao Cancelo's personality and all that. And. I know we'll, we'll talk about the Palace game briefly, but they look so bereft of, of genuine ideas. They, mm. they, their only hope at the moment to open up games seems to be shifting the ball quickly as an individual, getting mm. Foden or Grealish or, or Haaland to mm. create a half space out of nothing. They have no real structure beyond just being able to you know, tick over 80% you know, mm. possession, really. I think hugely, hugely significant as well is obviously the return of Gabriel Jesus. He, yep. um, he looked lively when he came on. He had a chance he probably should have done better from, but, you know, not going to judge him too harshly for that because he's, he's been out for three or four months or whatever it is, uh, three months. Um, and just the, the, the returning players, him... Smith Rowe, mm-hmm. um, Trossard himself, who we thought might be missing for a little while, uh, yeah. is, is so so welcome. How well it could not be more timely. He's slotted in so he's been fantastic. You know, yeah, I know obviously the, he was a bit of a sausage the way he left Brighton and, and that left the sour <laughs> taste in there now. Not the sausage. Sour sausage. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, the sausages shouldn't do that, but he managed to. But he's been he, he was brilliant that day, and he's he's been very very good. And and you know it's your your sort of day when Fabio Vieira is through on goal and trips himself up and manages to 
get a free kick for well, it as well. You pointed out that Granite Xhaka seemed to give that free kick. Yeah, he did. Which again is a, is a really welcome addition to his <laughs> skill set as, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Granite Xhaka was like, you, you are going to give that to us. And he's like, eh. Yeah, come yeah, on, man. All right, yeah. <laughs> Xhaka just running over to the VAR screen. <laughs> that is a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was absurd though. Again, there's, there's too many mad things like that happen in the yeah. Premier League this season. Can I ask you from your perspective, how much of the frustration over the last few windows has, well, rather, have you, have you been able to work out have actually been deliberate uh, avoidances of signings that would have meant that you have you couldn't put this current team together? Oh, now, yeah. I think back to Vlajevic. Yeah, I think which was what the January twenty twenty one. I think um, that was last year. Yeah, okay, twenty twenty two. Okay, right. Seems and then, a lot longer ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, and then you've got Mudrik in this window yeah. as well. And if you think of all the people in between that that you've signed, and if you take the few months before Vlavic, then you've got Odegaard for 30 million, you've got Ramsdale, you went on to sign Zinchenko and Jesus um, before the start of this season. And then you get someone like Trossard in, mm. who was very much yeah. second choice. And they've all been they've all, they've all been brilliant. But I, but I do wonder how much, at the time it was like, oh, you know, Arsenal have missed out on that. And probably Mudrik was the first one where, because of maybe where Arsenal were in the league, there wasn't a sense that they missed out. There was an idea that actually they've made a calculated decision not to sign him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure that what the question is among that. Yes. But in terms of like, it feels like, even, you know, Trossard's a great example just because of that game yesterday. He, um, he He's just been brilliant, but that was an understandable level of brilliance from him because you're signing someone who yeah. is tried and tested in the Premier League who are wanted you, to go on to better Are things? you suggesting What's... that Arsenal at times, have just spent huge money. Think about Nicolas Pepe. Pepe is a big player. And, yeah. and you think, yeah. right, we need a big player, we need something. Maybe we won't do that, we won't have that much yeah. joined up thinking on it. Let's just let's mm. just get him in and, and he'll probably be good. And it Emery matter. never wanted Pepe. He wanted Wilfred Zaha. Mm. He, want, he wanted a player with that very specific <clears throat> skill set of beating a man rather than someone who plays on the counter. And that's, you know, that didn't work for obvious reasons. But this is, they changed a lot at the boardroom and, and, and the, the recruitment policy is really, really good now. Trossard's a great example. So clearly he wasn't necessarily the first choice. I think Mudrik, they have identified as a player who's going to go on and potentially be a superstar. But with Trossard, it wasn't just like, he's available, let's get him. Clearly, he's got that skill set to play out wide and, and, and deliver, but also to do what Gabriel Jesus has been doing, yeah. which with, with they've missed a little bit when Enketia was deputising as, as, as good as he was, mm. which is bringing other players in. You get more out of Martinelli and Saka if you've got someone who can essentially play like a central pivot. And that's no mistake. That's no accident. Also, the fact that they, they simply wouldn't pay what was asked for Mudrik because they thought it was too much and it's going to affect the, the budget elsewhere exactly, is yeah. a really, really yeah, good yeah. thing. So, there is joined up thinking there and it is an absolute joy to see it being, to see Arsenal being run sensibly for the first time in a long time and also without um, kind of certain constraints on them, which which obviously Arsene Wenger had to work with for years and years, is is refreshing and welcome. Yeah, very true, very true. Well, of course, uh, they are top of the league, five points. Uh, Man City kept the pressure on Arsenal with a, with a scrappy 1-0 away uh, to Crystal Palace. Um, oh dear, what was it? Was it Elise who gave the, the penalty away? It's like Palace working very hard, and then one of your four players does that. You're like, oh, yeah. I crying out loud. Um, interestingly, uh, Edison was made to wear Crystal Palace socks due to a kick clash. You can have all the money in the world, yep. and still that well, can happen. And they're still calling it a kick clash, but it's a kit blend. blend. You want the kits to clash. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. We've made it many times on this podcast. <laughs> Nobody is listening. Uh, Palace, um, they have failed to register a single shot on target in their last three Premier League games, making them the first side to achieve this. Is it an achievement? Uh, <laughs> since the Premier League started recording game-by-game shot data in 2003. Now, Palace are in trouble. Um, you know, they haven't won in goodness knows how many games, certainly not in their last six. They, they seem to have a decent enough collection of points uh, you know, a few games ago, and you think, well, they're just enough. Now they're three points above the relegation zone. They're not scoring. They're not winning. Who's going to get dragged in? And they're up in 12th. And you think, well, but we've not been looking up that high because of the points tally and because it's a fair few places above. You look at it now and you think, bloody hell, are they the ones that come from sort of not nowhere, but they, they, they're they the ones who get dragged into it. And actually we've been, we've not been um, focusing on them at all. Yeah. It does seem very palace that they are both three points above the relegation zone and also 12th, which yeah. is seen as like yeah. their 
newly established comfort level, yes. which is what they wanted to push on from when they mm-hmm. when they got Vieira in. Um, it was one of the problems with Roy Hodgson. They felt like they were having the same season over and over again. Now they're having two seasons in one. So. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating thing speaking to Palace fans who a few of them have already, you know, they've already, um, they're already done with Vieira because there was a sense that he was just, he, he started to do that thing where he, he's coming up with a few excuses yeah. now and he, there's very few solutions involved. And it's, Strange because you see their team on paper and you're like, well, God, there's a lot of attacking talent there. Mm. You know, at least say, think of Eze, even Zaha. Um, I say even Zaha because it feels like this is this might be his last season at, at Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's the, there are no patterns of play. Every, everyone kind of gets the ball and gets the chance to do their thing with the ball. But no one, it doesn't feel any real cohesion behind, mm-hmm. like, right, just let's just be defensively solid. I mean, no shot in three games is... is, is actually disgraceful it's damning it's really yeah. right. it's really bad I mean I think the XG last season was 0.99 this season it's 0.56 yeah, I mean, so they're not is, creating chances it's, it's not it, just they're not hitting the target they yeah. aren't creating things they sit, right. they're playing a lot deeper mm. a lot more risk averse mm-hmm. um, why Vieira's decided to go down that route I'm not too sure maybe only he knows that one but it just it kind of does look like a team that is maybe reaching the end with, with the particular manager honestly I mean he looks like an extension of of Roy Hodgson in some ways. Just mm. games always just on a knife edge, very, very tense as well. And yeah. it's really, really similar to that. It's that negative and that dull. While we're talking about teams who, are, who who could get dragged into it, I mean, Leicester City are in it. We, we, they've lost four on the on the bounce in, in, in the league. They are only out of the relegation zone on goal difference. And again, like, you know, if they were to go down, I mean, I, I keep saying, well, but I don't think they will. But it's so hard somebody's to got to go. Season, There's three it? teams will go, and we keep saying, "Well, Bournemouth—they're the, they're the, they're the small side." They're, people would say, "Well, they're kind of a Championship club anyway." I personally wouldn't say that, but you know, it's small stadium, all those things. So you already think, right? Let's—that's in a neat little package. Off they go, and you think, "No, no, it's not happening." Yeah. Southampton have been pretty poor for a while now. They've been kind of hanging on. You know, it's almost reminiscent of Coventry in the nineties. You know, and you think, "Well, they're, they're, no, they get a good point against Manchester United away from home. Could have been even more." And you look at it, and you think there could be a major team going down. It could be, you could have Everton, Leicester or West Ham, or bloody hell, you could have all three, although I think that might be slightly unlikely. But Leicester City themselves, you know, aside who you think to the, to think to yourself, you know, they are the top scorers down there. I mean, I think you have to go um, up to Brentford in ninth to see a side who have scored more goals than them. Yeah. I mean, but they're conceding loads and it's, you know, you do the math, Jim. From from twelfth down, everyone looks doomed. Exactly, somehow, yeah. which yeah. is a really yeah. strange thing. Yeah. Every time you see these teams, you think, "Oh, you kind of forget where everyone is." And you think, "Oh, they're sort of hovering around seventeenth, eighteenth." Um, but on form, if you take, you know, if, if, if you're going to take maybe the last six games or even the last four, actually, Southampton form-wise, even though they're bottom, have probably been a well. A, a, because a, a the, best the interesting side. thing is this weekend, aside from Leicester themselves, a lot of the teams down there picked up points this weekend. Mm-hmm. And they are starting to just, you know... Signs of life. I yeah, think exactly. Leeds and Southampton, what have they got in common? They both made proactive changes. Mm-hmm. They, they both changed their coach. Yeah. They wanted to go to a new style. They could clearly see that there was nothing changing with the current regime. Mm-hmm. Now, look at Leicester. Um, and I think, look at Crystal Palace as well. They're yeah. clearly on a downturn. There doesn't seem to be many signs of life there. I think yeah. in Leicester's um, defence, or in, to Leicester's advantage, I think they've probably got the best player down there in James Madison. Yep. So they'll be hoping that he can try and you know mm-hmm. dig them out. But I've brought this up before on the podcast. Leicester just seem like a club desperate to get to the end of the season. Yeah. Players, yeah. coach, club in general as well, yeah. and maybe start again because mm. a lot of things haven't worked. There's going to be a lot of players. Well, they've got a good manager as well. Yeah, We've known uh, what he, he's okay. Well, he's, uh, I wouldn't he, go as far as good. He's produced that. I mean, he's won them the FA Cup. Do you know what I mean? He's got a bit yeah. of capital in the bank. Yeah, he, 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 he's Whereas, got credit in the bank. A lot of these guys have. Moyes has got credit in the bank as well, and, they, and people keep using that to defend these oh, guys. I don't think Moyes does anymore. <laughs> West, Ham, some West Ham fans have said he's still got a bit of credit there. So. Well, he's got a credit card, and he very much needs to pay it back <laughs> at some point. No, until, you have so. to, until you have to pay it back, you've got credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Honestly, getting back to getting back to Leicester, just you got a lot of players like you don't know what their futures are going to be yeah, as well. Tielemans, yeah. people like that. Vardy's probably mm. finished. You know, maybe looking to move abroad or something just to finish his career. So you got a lot of players like that. Do they really care? Do they really give a shit what happens to Leicester at the end of the season? Does it really I mean, matter? I think I think Leicester are the best side down there on paper, and I would say that they have the best manager down there on paper. That would be my argument. Appreciate you. You may not agree, and you're right. I think. It's kind of like, let's just get to the summer and then we can have a rethink. We can back Rogers, or maybe we could change him if, if they feel. But actually, lads, you're in this. You're, you, 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 you can't do that. You do not have the luxury. You're not, you've not even got a, you've got a goal difference cushion. That yeah. is it. 
There's, there's always one club who, who gets sucked into it, I think, and, and doesn't think that they are there, but then they end up being involved. Less could be that but, there are, but there are five well, of those just, teams there. But yeah. that's why we were just talking about yeah. Palace. You know, I, th- I think that this is why it's such... Uh, an incredible get rid of all of them let's start again <laughs> well, I think the, again. the thing for Leicester that, that gives them potentially a bit of an advantage depending on how this goes is that Johnny Evans is back soon and he's absolutely massive for them he might need to use whatever is left in the tank for his whole career for the next 12 games <laughs> but he, he should be a huge huge addition uh, he, should, he should be uh, quick note on Chelsea though that's uh, three wins in a row in all competitions, three while lo- it lasted, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> three lovely goals from from Chelsea. Not the kind of entertainment we've been used to seeing them produce this season. First time they've scored three uh, since October in in a game. But there were there was there were some cracking goals there, and it felt like you know we've how many times have we said such and such a back? But it did it did feel like that. Potter seems to be a little bit more pleased. Yeah. Um, but we look forward, um, you know, perhaps to uh, you know in their in their next game in the league. Uh, which is, of course, uh, at home to Everton, where they lose or draw, because uh, that is the way this season's going with this sort of thing. You know? I, I think they, they've happened upon an inadvertent sweet spot here where, obviously, they're still in the Champions League, and that'll take their main focus. Yeah. And because of where they are in the league, mm. they can't really make too much of a dent in terms of European places mm. anyway. So they almost have, not quite a free hit, but they can approach these games with a little less pressure. Yeah, the pressure, well, the pressure's off in the league and the biggest prize is still there to play for. Exactly. Right? You're likening this to Moyes' Man United. Aren't you? you that's what Why you're doing. Why you remind me of that? You're speaking from experience. Liverpool lost after beating a 7 You bring up Moyes. <laughs> you're speaking from experience because, you know, people forget Moyes got Manchester United to a Champions League quarter-final. So it wasn't all bad. Even the way you're saying that shows me that you don't believe it. You're just saying that to he say did, it. Did he not? Slapping his thighs. Did he is he, do, you think, your face. do you think Moyes, do you think Moyes has, still has credit in the bank at United? Is that what you're saying? I, I don't think he has a bank account. Not, at West, United, not at West Ham, but he's got some. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> is he trying to transfer his credit? I think, I think he's, no, he's just getting a lot of angry letters. About <laughs> yeah. he's, not, he's not got a bank account. His shares have been... You can't wa- pay for one credit card with another credit card, David. His shares have been watered down. Uh, I don't think he's got much there. Um, but he might have a little something. There we are, everybody. Uh, before we go, um, let's check in on uh, Big Duncan Ferguson and the aforementioned Forest Green Rovers. Seven points adrift at the bottom of League One and they're yet to win in, in 2023. Not all bad, though. He has been reviewing some vegan croissants on uh, Forest Green's uh, Twitter and he seemed to be very impressed, of course. He said, they are fantastic and if you keep on eating one of these a day, you'll look like me <laughs> in the end. <laughs> I'm not really sure what to make of that. A croissant a day makes you really hard. As, as, that, as we made the obs- works? as we made the observation, he looks like he's being held against his will in that video, which we know is impossible. Exactly. So I, I think he's fully signed up to veganism. He was delighted to know that chips are vegan. I think we all are. <laughs> Uh, so what a, what a note to end on everybody thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the ACAST Creator Network uh, Jim thank you very much you're welcome David pleasure as always thank you Vish it's been real long live chips <laughs> God bless you all we'll see you soon I don't know why that's funny. Oh, chips vegan. Yeah, they are. Oh, thank God. <laughs> what do you think they're made of? What animal did you think they're made yeah. of? Oh, croissants. <laughs> we, used to, we used to hunt potatoes. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> You're just a violent man. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.